My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the campus pastor here. Uh, I have been kind of out of the mix of speaking the last couple weeks. John Rickert has filled in uh, for me. Uh, Two weeks ago, we were on a family vacation, and last week I was just sitting there, just getting to enjoy listening to a sermon, and today I'm I'm back at speaking. So it's great to to be back, and we're in the middle of a series called Box Office Wisdom, which we usually do each summer, and we take the time over the summer to look at what are the messages that uh, are being sent to us and that we receive from summer movies. And uh, how many of you guys like, you know, to go to the movies? Raise your hand. Anyone like really like movies? Yeah. Uh, over the summer, usually we have a little bit more time and we tend to go to the movies. And the summer also has usually great kind of summer releases. And so we plan a series based on some of the summer blockbusters that are going to be coming out. Uh, we have no idea exactly if the movie's going to do well or not because they're not released. And we don't endorse the movie as much as we say, what, what is this movie saying about how life works and how does that compare with what the scripture says? And uh, if you're a Christ follower, somebody who's decided that Jesus is your leader and your boss, you always come to the point in life where you decide, what, what does Jesus want me to do with my life? Uh, what are the decisions that he wants me to make? And then how does that compare to the things inside of my, my heart, the things that I want to do? And then how does that compare with the things other people want me to do? How does that compare with what culture tells me is important? And very uh, oftentimes, we, we are led in directions by the people around us. We're led in direction by our culture, by media. And so it's really good for all of us to take time to, to actually stop and think. What are the messages that, that we receive? And so that's what we're doing over the course of this series. And John Rickert, uh, two weeks ago, kind of kicked off us speaking on movies, and he talked about King Arthur. And uh, what kind of the movies say about what manhood is versus what does the Bible define biblical manhood is. And then last week, John talked about a Wonder Woman and how do you move forward in faith despite the fears that you face in your life? And how does God help us with that? Because we're not Wonder Woman, we're not Wonder Man, and we deal with real problems. And so we've looked at that kind of over the last uh, couple weeks. Today, I'm talking about the movie Baby Driver. Anybody seen it? All right. That's awesome. I counted two. So two people will know if I'm telling anything the truth related to the movie or not. The rest of you have no idea because you haven't seen it. You don't have to see the movie for this to make sense. The theme that we're going to pull out of today's uh, movie is this theme of love. Okay. And there, there should be the, the movie poster there. Baby Driver is a very eclectic movie. It's actually creative. It's different. And it's got lots of different themes, but there is a theme of, of love and of kind of this idea of, of, of escape and how love can become that. And so I want to show the trailer, and I'm going to explain a little bit of the movie, and then I'm going to jump into some, some other thoughts. So let's watch that together so we're all on the same page.
There you go. Very, very eclectic. It's, it's like Gone in 60 Seconds meets like Point Break, meets like a romantic comedy, meets La La Land. They didn't pay me to say that. That's just, that's my little review. Uh, take that for whatever it's worth. But uh, in, in the movie, uh, that you could kind of tell from, from the trailer, but there's a sense in which, and it was a tagline, every, every road out leads him right back in. And uh, the, the main character, Baby, is a getaway driver for, for bank robbers. And uh, music is central to the, the movie because he, he listens to music because of the ringing in his ears, and it helps him to focus. And he's very good at what he does as a getaway driver. But he wants to escape that world and make a better life for himself. And the way he does that is, or the way he, he thinks that's going to happen is, is through this, this relationship with that waitress that you saw. And the idea is that, that love is, is the escape. It's, it's the way out. It's the way that I can get to the life that, that, that I always wanted. And there's a line in the movie, uh, and this stuff I'm saying is mostly in the trailer. I don't want to spoil this for, for anybody. But there's a line that says, let's head west on the 20 in a car we can't afford with a plan we don't have. And the idea there is we have each other, we have love. Let's just figure it out and make it up as, as we go along. And so the movie unfolds. They're, they're trying to do this. How do they get out of, of this current life that they find themselves in? And love is, is a common theme that you see in movie after movie. And uh, how many of you would say, like, out of the genres of movie where it's action, adventure, thriller, mystery, like, how many of you would say, like, the romantic drama or comedy is your favorite? Just raise your hand. Romantic, like, romance. Man, you guys are just all right. So, again, five of you, this is really going to resonate, okay? But the thing about movies are is, is they do uh, pull at us emotionally. Art pulls at us emotionally. They cause us to have a reaction. And good art causes us to think. Good art leads us in a direction where we actually are trying to ask questions. And this movie uh, is, is similar. It, it's going to pull us in a direction. But I know for myself, there's movies that I've seen over the course of time related to love that have really had an impact on me. And so just as a way to kind of get just on the same page as, of just how movies lead us in a direction, I want you to think through uh, a movie that you've seen that has really pulled you, like the, the message on love like kind of got to your heart. Okay, has that ever happened to you? I know for me, one of the first movies that did this was, was this movie here. Dude, why are you guys laughing? Like, that's, this was like legit, like this Nicholas Sparks, like book, you know, boom. I, the way it goes in my family is usually like we, we have like discussions on who picks the movie. And, you know, my wife will maybe suggest like a romantic kind of comedy or romantic. And I'm always like come on, no, like, it's my turn to pick. And what ends up happening is we watch the movie, and I'm the one that was like, that was amazing, you know. She's like, yeah, it was all right. This movie, um, if, if you just want to know, you know, what happened to me when I watched this, you could talk to me at, uh, after the service, okay? A little follow-up, spoiler, okay? Uh, this movie had a, a lot to say about what love is, what it looks like, and you kind of spend the movie doing that. Another, another movie that had a profound impact in the completely opposite way was this. Anyone ever seen this one? Okay, another two. So I'm, my, my averages are, are good. This movie is, is the, the opposite. It's actually that the tagline for this movie is, can a marriage survive 15 years of marriage? It's actually like really depressing. It's about kind of the reality of when love fades. And Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer's characters fight the whole entire movie. And it's just a movie about like, what do you do when love fades and you're just gutting it out? And it's pretty raw, 
and it's crazy. But both of those, you know, movies, they, they, they pull at you. They, they had an impact on like, wow, that was interesting to, to see. And I've been married 15 years this summer. And it's like, if that's my only guide for marriage and love, like I'm in trouble. But that, that's what happens. We get these messages and we get pulled in a direction. We have to stop and ask, like, is that right? Is that true? Is that how life really works? And the definition of love in the English language is actually pretty vague. We only have one word for love, and it's, it's love. And that can mean many different things. Merriam-Webster defines love as an intense feeling of deep affection. Okay? So it's intense. It's a feeling. And it's like this deep affection that, that we have. But do you know how many times we use the word love? We use it for all sorts of things, right? Yesterday, I had these like salt and vinegar Ritz thin crisps. And dude, I, was, I told my kid, like, I love these. And I like really do. Like, I could have some right now. I love them. And I told my kids, like, I love them. Yesterday, as a church, like Ben mentioned, we went on a hike. I love hikes. How many of you guys love hikes? Thank you. Finally, like a question we can all agree on. I love it when you raise your hand, right? We use that word all the time. So I, I love salt and vinegar, thin Ritz crisps. I love hikes. And then like my wife and I, like I said, we just celebrated 15 years of marriage. Like I love my wife. So when you use that word, like where's the ranking? Now, if I'm wise, the salt and vinegar crisps are right at the bottom, right? Like... <laughs> You don't want to equate the two things with your wife and chips, but one word for all of those. So it, it, it's confusing. And, and love's like that. We love all sorts of things. We love things. We, we say we love it, but it's, it's actually very vague. And so what I want to do is I, I want to actually look at the ancient Greek definitions of love. And these are found in the scriptures. They're also found just in just kind of the ancient Greek world, like because they, they have different words which describe different aspects of love. This is helpful because, again, we use one word, but it doesn't really give us what love is. We can look at the dictionary, but a feeling, a deep affection, that, that's, almost, that's also limited. So I want to just kind of briefly describe uh, some basic Greek definitions of love, and that, that will kind of help us kind of hone in on, on the kind of love that I'm going to be talking about today. Okay? Uh, there's a word for love uh, that's philia. Okay, and this this term of love in the ancient Greek world is a warm, affectionate regard. It's something that that you love kind of like a, a close friend. Like if you have a friend and you've known them for a long time and you feel this person is someone that you can share who you are. Where you're headed and, and you can share like your heart with them. It, oftentimes it's this warm, affectionate, like friend, strong friend kind of kind of love. Uh, second is stergo. Uh, that's a different kind of love. It's a natural affection, a family affection. This is like, I love my mom and my dad. How come they're my mom and my dad? I love my brother. I love my sister. I love my aunt. I love my uncle. It's this idea of you love them because you've always loved them and you love them because they're your family. So it's a love that's like family based. Uh, another type of love found in the, the ancient Greek world. And we see it today is Eros. This is passion, sexual kind of love. This is where we get the word erotic from, okay? This love you see in movies a lot. It's this passionate, 
sexual type that just drives people to do all sorts of things. And then there's a fourth definition, and that's agape. And that's a love that seeks the other's good regardless of feeling. And you, you do the best for someone else because of their value. Okay? So it's not based on feeling as much as it's based on a decision that you make. The reason I bring this up is many times we want the feeling of love to be loved. It's important to all of us. It's important to me. I want to be loved. And I want to love people. We want the feeling of love, but we don't want the commitment of love. And that's actually a major, major issue that we see in today's world. People want the feeling of love. They want the blessing of love. They want to experience love. But they don't want to commit to love. They don't want to make choices out of love. And that's a lot of how life works. We, we like the feeling. We love the outcome. But when it comes to choices, when it comes to disciplines and having to make things happen that are right in regard to somebody else, that's the kind of love that, that's very difficult. And so I want to talk about the fourth definition, that fourth type of love, agape love. Because as we look at movies and as we kind of are introspective and look at our own life, the kind of love that we long for is a love that is consistent over time that despite what we do, we'll still be loved. And we hope that we can have relationships where despite feelings, love can still exist over time. Because let's face it, our, our feelings fade. There's times where we, we really like and love somebody and there's times where it's just because of things that they've done or because of lack of sleep or all sorts of circumstances, maybe the feeling's not as strong. So we need something besides feeling. We need to actually figure out what does it mean to be committed to love. And so I want to talk about the agape love. And this is the love that God has for us. And the, the love that we long for comes from this kind of love. And I want to start by digging into the scriptures where it really describes, and it's really helpful, that God is the source of, of real love. If you want real love that's not based on just feelings alone, that's not based on emotion, if you want real love, that first and foremost comes from God himself. And I want to dig into scriptures that, that just has so many implications. And I'm going to be going through this somewhat quickly. But I encourage you to read this on your own time this next week. Because it is packed full of this just definition with so many facets of what love is. And so I want to dig in and then I encourage you to kind of spend some time uh, with, that, with that on your own. And th this is what it says. It says, dear friends, this is the writer is talking about dear Christian friends, dear Christians who are trying to be like Christ. Okay. Let us continue to, to love one another. So we're Christians are supposed to be a community rooted in love based on love. And the writer is encouraging like this is who we are. So dear friends, let's continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we may have eternal life through him. And then it goes on. This is real love. So this is where you want to pay attention in the scriptures because it defines things. This is real love. 
Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And so this encouragement and challenge starts with friends, we have to love each other. And then it ends with friends, we have to love each other. And in the middle, it gives the reasons why that can happen. So I want to just spend some time talking about that because as we look at love in our life, as we question the people that love us and how we love people, we're making all these decisions all the time of who loves me and do do people care about me? And, And we can have so much confusion in this relationships that we have. You actually have to first and foremost go to the source of real love, and that, that's God himself. And in, in this scripture, there's some kind of major uh, categories I just want to just touch on. The first is, on the, the concept of love, God, God is the initiator. No one had ever loved God first. Okay, He, he initiated love. No one loved him, and he responded. He is the ultimate initiator. We respond to him. Through the centuries, people have responded to the love of God. And people in the future, as they're born, will have a chance to respond to the love of God. He is the initiator of love. And in that, he initiated, and the source of it, he is the source, and then he he sacrificed, and then his love transformed. So you get this, this picture of he's initiating, he's sacrificing, and this kind of love transforms. And in the beginning, in verses 7 and 8, you see two, two statements that could seem like they, they oppose each other. Love is from God, and that God is love. That's a very interesting statement. Because again, in our culture, so many people say that they love. And so it's, it's kind of honing in on, well, what, what does that actually mean? Well, first, love is from God. And God is love. The picture here is the reason that love is from God is is God is the ultimate source. It wasn't found outside of God. Love comes from him. God didn't just see love and say, you know, that's that's kind of I'll I'll be that I'll be a God that loves. No, God defined it without God. There is no love at all. So he, he is the source, and the, the picture is like heat comes from a fire, or light comes from the sun. Love flows from God. He's the source. Love comes from him. And so that, that, that's important, because w- what happens in life is people want love. It's, it's actually something that's wired into us. When we're born, how do we respond when our parents and our loved ones and people around us Give us the attention. I mean, you can see it in babies, the response of the warmth love that they receive. We long to be loved. But what happens over time is we long for love. We long to be cared for. We long for people to look out for us and for us to be able to look out for them and just for us to experience this, 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 this love that, that we long for. But yet, so many times we, we think that, that God's not in that. I don't have to factor God in. In fact, I don't have to factor God in because all I need is, is love. That's what we need. And you hear that in the world and the culture, right? How do we solve the world's problems? You need love. All you need is, is love. In fact, that was a song, wasn't it? And we're, we're so like, that's, that makes sense. Yes, it's, and it can become so cliche, but, but 
at the same time, that, that's what people, they, they think like, we just need love. We need to walk down this path of love and it's going to get us to the destination we need to go. And what the scripture is saying is, actually, you, you have to, to turn to God first because that's where love comes. It's found in him. And then it's defined, well, what kind of love? It's, it's not chip kind of love. Okay? It's not a warm feeling. It's, it's a sacrificial agape love. All the love that's defined in this passage is this agape love. It's this pure love which comes from God and him alone. And the sacrifice of this kind of love, the scripture is saying, is found in what happened when God sent his only son, Jesus, to die for us. The sacrifice was given as he sent his son. If you want to know what real love is, it's, it's sacrifice. And if you want to know what the ultimate sacrifice is, it's not what anyone has done. But again, it was initiated by what God did by sending Jesus, his son, into the world to take away our sins. So without that initial act of love on our behalf, we can't experience love. Real love, we, we wouldn't be able to experience. We wouldn't be able to know. We wouldn't be able to extend it uh, to, others, to others. So th- this is the ultimate picture. God sending Jesus to die for our sins. And a sin is that we've messed up, we've missed the mark, we've done wrong. And the penalty of that is, is the ultimate judgment, is death. And it's a separation from God. He's perfect. And when we sin, we no longer can line up with God's perfection. But the love that God had was despite our sin, he sent Jesus so that he could die for the penalty so we don't have to die. So we don't have to pay it ourselves. And so he is the source of this kind of love. And then the scriptures talks about this initiate, this initial that act that God had to, to draw us to himself. And he sent Jesus for us. And you just see again, he is the source, he's the source, he's the source. And then it gives that, that last thing, and it's, it's transforming. It actually can make us into different people that can love each other. So as God initiates with us and as he's the source and as he sacrifices, our response can be, I can love people because God himself has loved me. Many times as we're investigating whether to follow Christ and many times even after we follow Christ and we're presented in situations where we have to love people, do you ever find yourself just being like loving that person is hard? You ever said that? Like loving that person is hard? It could be a coworker that is quirky and you need to get your work done and they always seem to come at that like inopportune time right when you had a deadline. And they come and you just have this thing of like, they're coming. And you're thinking, where can I go? You may have a roommate like that that's even harder to hide, right? You're like, baby, you're just putting the headphones on. We want to do that with people like, you're gone. And just, you know, it's, it's easy. Lo- loving people is hard. And we say that a lot. If we don't say it out loud, we have a feeling. It comes out like this. <sighs> Love it is, is very hard. We long for it, but it's very hard. It's very hard to do. It's actually hard to experience. And the issue of love, which is so frustrating for us, is we have so many hopes for it. But we look at our own lives and we look at, relationships that have been kind of destroyed by the decisions people have made. Uh, We look at marriages that don't last. We look at families that are broken. And we talk about love, 
And we have high hopes for love. But in reality, when we look out, it doesn't seem real. And many times we equate that with it's not it's not really worth it. And then when people point towards God, there's a sense of like, I, I can't give anything more. I'm completely empty. What is God going to want from me? What is the cost? I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And what the scripture is saying is you're, you're not coming to God and he's not asking you, what are, what are you going to do for me? You're coming to the source of love and it, First and foremost, he will fill you up. That's why our relationship with Jesus is so transformative. Oftentimes we think, what are they going to want from me? And there is a cost. There's a cost to everything. But first and foremost, God, out of his love, wants to fill you with his love. And once you're filled, now you can go into action. And that's, that's what Christianity is. You don't come thinking, what, what am I going to offer what is he going to want? You actually come first and foremost like, I need to be loved. I need to come to the source of love so it can transform me. And once you're transformed by the love of God found in Jesus Christ, your life can be transformed. And so that's what the writer's saying is that you can't detour around God. You can't try to find another way outside of Jesus. Because he's initiated, he's sacrificed, and he's the source. And this is why we have a message. If you're a follower of Christ, this is why we want to share the love of God with those around us. Because people are longing for it. They're searching for it. But they're looking for it on this earth. And they try to pursue that feeling in so many different ways. And you see it. And you feel it. Because we all have that just sense of like, I just, how can I just feel better about my life? And we, we have an opportunity to, to share with people in Jesus Christ, you can be filled with the love that, that you long for. You can be complete. You can actually be without need because God gives you what you need. So I want to just kind of turn the corner and look at some other scriptures which describe if, if this is true, if God is the source of love and he initiates and he sacrificed. Then, then how do we how do we respond? How how does this become transformative? Because that that's where things become real. Because let's face it, we don't just want a feeling. We know feelings fade. I want to experience something different in my life. I want to see the love of God transform. If this is true, I want to see it transform my life, my family, my relationships. We see it transform the church, the community. So the scriptures describe once you turn to God and you receive this agape love and you get filled with the love of God by turning your life over to Jesus who died for you as the ultimate expression of love. How does that make a difference in the way that you love others? Because that was the encouragement. Dear friends, let us love one another. So I want to just describe how, how that happens. So I kind of said this, but I want to reiterate this. Real love is something we choose. Real love is something that we choose. I'm going to spare you maybe all the stories of my own life, but have you, you know, can you think back to like the first person that you thought you loved, like in a romantic way? 
like your first crush. Do any of you guys remember that? I said I was going to spare your story, but I have one. I was in uh, fourth grade. I'm going way back here. And this is in the time where, like, if you had a crush on somebody, you know, you know, this is a time. It was just an age. You know, you're young. You, you don't want anyone to know. But th- there was this girl in fourth grade that I, I had a crush on. And so I told my sister, who was three years older than me, I was like, you know, I, I think this girl is really pretty, and I kind of have a crush on her. And my sister's like, you know, you should ask her to be your girlfriend. I was like, well, how do you do that? You write her a letter, and you give her a box which she can check whether she wants to be or not. So I, I, I told my sister, I said, well, I, I don't know what to say or how to write it, and I don't want her to know it's, it's me. So already the plan wasn't – already the plan was kind of doomed to fail. So I asked my sister, well, can you, can you write it for me? Because you have really good handwriting. Can you, like, fold it so it looks really cool? So I had this plan, so I should write, you know. I don't really know what I said. It was just kind of like, I think you're neat. Will you be my girlfriend? Check yes, check no. And so my sister wrote it. She had really nice handwriting. She folded it really neat. And then I put it in this girl's locker. I think we had, like, lockers in the classroom. <laughs> and I think she kind of saw me put it in there. Again, this plan was really bad, but... <laughs> I don't even know I'm sharing this, but um, then she came to me, and it was like this moment in my life, which I like, I can, I can remember, because she just came to me, and, and I, I remember like, oh my goodness, I'm about to throw up. Like I was so nervous. She came to me, and, and she said, Alex, did you, did you write this letter? And I just looked at her, and I, no. <laughs> that was it. Do you know, for many years, I asked myself, what if I would have said yes? You know, like, I I remember, like, I I went through a period of my life where, like, I failed, like, I just wimped out, and I said no, and she walked away, and it was like, you know, next year I moved, and I never saw her again. And don't feel bad, like, that's weird, okay, but... but, This is turning into a movie, but, uh, but anyways, it's like, I, that like stuck with me and that, that like feeling of, of love is, is what, what we have, but it's this romantic, like we fall into love and we, we use that vernacular all the time. Like, do you love him? When did you fall in love? I fell in love. Like our eyes first met, like it sounds great. It makes for great movies, but love is not something you fall into. Once you fall into love, guess what? You can fall out of love. The reason marriages don't last is because the feeling that people had when they feel into love is no longer there. And so they think if the feeling's not there, I don't love them anymore. I can't be with anyone I don't love. So let's just call it quits. You see it again and again and again and again. Real love is something that you choose. You don't feel. You choose. I'm a little fired up. I apologize. But this is so important because we base our love based on these feelings we have. And you can't trust your feelings. Just because you have a feeling doesn't mean it's right. Okay? Just because you have a feeling doesn't mean it's right. I've had so many feelings. If I followed all my feelings, I'd be screwed up. All my feelings aren't right. All my thoughts aren't right. Just because you have a feeling, just because you have a thought, doesn't mean it's right. 
Real love is something that you choose. That's what agape love is. It's a choice. And this is what you choose when you decide to love somebody out of God's love. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. How many of that talks about romantic love? Any romantic love in that? It's about what she looks like, what he looks like. It's not emotional, right? It's a statement of what you do. Okay? Love is the choice you make through the actions that you take. Okay? Love is the choice you make through the actions that you take. Love is a choice. Love is an action. It's not a feeling. If you want to know if you're loving somebody, ask yourself, am I being patient with them? Am I being kind to them? Patience. When somebody's pushing you to the end of your rope and you're just ready to be done with them, you extend grace. You bear with them. You see things from what they're dealing with. When the thoughts of like, I can't handle you anymore comes, you think to yourself, you know what? Actually, through God and the love that he's given me, I can be patient with this person. A kindness is you make yourself useful for somebody else. So in a relationship that you have, you don't think, which is so easy to do, how can this person help me with my goals? That's so easy to do. Real love is how can I help them with their goals? In fact, that's a hard attitude that we have here at Church in the Valley. It's based on love. We want to put the goals and interests of others above our own. But so many times love is a formula that we have where we think, how can this person do what I want them to do? How can this person help me? And so many marriages, friendships, family relationships, they're ruined over time because you have two people trying to leverage the other. That's why it can't be a feeling. It has to be an active choice you make out of patience and kindness, saying no to jealousy Saying no to pride. Okay, so it's a choice that we make. The other thing the scriptures say is that real love is considerate. Okay, consideration is also a choice. It's not a feeling. You actually have to take steps to consider other people. And it goes on in 1 Corinthians, talking about love. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. The idea is not easily angered. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. So that that demanding its own way, that that's that leverage point. In the Greek, it's this idea of in a competition, you're trying to get the advantage. So you're seeing the person as an opponent. And how can I approach them so I can win? You know, in my own life, there's times when I'm thinking I'm engaging with somebody and they're not agreeing with me. And I'm thinking, how can I convince them? And I'm approaching it like competition. Like, how can I win? You have those relationships where you really do want to have the last word. And they say, you just want the last word. And you're like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Don't say anything else. Right? It's so easy to do. And even if it doesn't come out, there's a sense in which you're like, okay, agree to disagree. But I'm right. That happens in our relationships all the time. But the consideration that, that comes is this idea of I, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. I'm not going to compete against you. I, I'm, I'm not going to demand that, that you do what I want. 
I'm actually going to help you with your goals. That, that's actually very difficult. And this is why God is the source of real love. Because we cannot love like this without the Lord Jesus. You can't. Because it has to come from a well that doesn't run out. Our own love is like human batteries. Family love, eros love, storga love. It just, it's on our own batteries. It runs out. But that kind of love, if it's rooted in agape love, it's always found in the source that God just keeps refilling. And you can love people like this and choose patience and kindness and choose to put others in front of ourselves. Why? Not because we're great and we love people in a magnificent way different from anyone else. It's that we can go to God, get filled up with his love. And as we're transformed from our time with him, from reading the scriptures with him, from praying with him, we can extend that, that love to others. In the movie, there were a couple of quotes that was the epitome of how kind of we try to leverage people. Doc, that's Kevin Spacey's character, um, you know, manipulates in a few different ways. But here, here's a couple quotes that I, I just want to talk because we tend to do this in our relationships. Um, he says this, you're my lucky charm. He's talking to baby, the driver. He's wanting to get out and Doc's saying, no, you, you know, you're my lucky charm. And I'm not doing this job without you. Your waitress girlfriend, she's cute. Let's keep it that way. He's threatening. And that's that leverage. Somebody's going to do something. We don't want them to do it because it doesn't match what we want. And so we say things subtly out of manipulating, out of guilt, out of just keeping a record of what they've done. And we want to leverage them. And that, that's rooted in pride. It's I want what I want. And so I'm going to relate to you in a way so that you know you need to line up with me. You need to line up with my goals. Uh, another statement he makes, and this is extreme, but instructive. Now, I don't think I need to give you the speech about what will happen when you say no. This is in the trailer. How I could break your legs and kill everyone you love because you already know that, don't you? Okay, very extreme. Lord willing, none of us in this room have ever said we're going to break somebody's leg. But oftentimes we think, I don't like you right now. I really don't like you right now. And we just want them to do what we want. It gives us it's this, this leverage. We, we threaten. You know, we get up against the wall and we're not getting what we want. We get against the wall and we're on empty. We're on empty and, and the claws come out. This happens in marriage, happens with roommates, happens with coworkers. The pressure mounts on us. The pressure mounts and builds. We get stressed. Our tank of love diminishes, diminishes, diminishes. And then we, sh- we strike out. We come after people. And again, that's why we need the Lord and his help. We need to continue to get filled with his love. That happens, one, by turning to him, deciding to follow him with your life. Him becoming the boss, becoming a Christian, that's the first move. And the second is making the commitment to continually spend time with him, to fill your tank back up. You can't fake it. It doesn't matter what you say. It comes out in what you do as the pressure mounts. And then last, real love is unfailing. 1 Corinthians thirteen seven: Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's sacrificial love. When it's based on feeling, our feelings waver. It's a roller coaster. But if it's based on God's agape love, and we're just extending the love that he's given to us, 
that kind of love lasts. That love can be transformative. So I want to end with just some next steps. And there's kind of three next steps related to how you could respond to this. Okay. And if you could show that the next steps on the screen, I just want to briefly describe them. Uh, each week we have these next steps. And this is just our way of saying, based on what the scriptures have said, what are, what are some things that, that you can do in your own life? The way you make progress in the Christian life. And even as you investigate God, it's to actually take steps, not just take ideas, but you have to take steps just like love. It's, it's a step. It's an action out of commitment. And so here, here's three ways that I, that I could see you could apply this idea of, of love and your life. The first is if you never decide to follow Christ, you can decide today to make a decision to follow him. And he, he can become the boss of your life. Uh, we talk a lot about him being the boss. Uh, in the scriptures, that's described as like he's the Lord of your life. Jesus, he's the Lord. That means that he is going to lead you. And not only is he, he's not going to lead you and he's not going to do it forcefully, but you, you allow him to lead you. And if there's things in your life he wants to change, you're willing to change. If you're not willing to change that area in your life, it probably means you're not ready for him to be the boss of your life yet. And so you, you just might need to take some more time to investigate that. But if you're ready for him to lead you, that's where the first step to love happens. And you, you can get filled by his love. And so I encourage you to do that. You can mark that on your connection card and we'll follow up with you. Uh, the second step is if you decide to follow Christ, there just may be some people in your life right now who you need to love. Now, the first initial name that comes may be the person that you really want to love. And it might be easy for you. However, there may be some people in your life that God wants you to love that you don't want to love. Maybe some people in your life right now that you need to love that you don't even ever think of. But through what God's doing in your life, he wants to extend that love to somebody else. And so just think through that. If you think of somebody, you can write their name down on the connection card. And you can think through what, what is the action step that I can take? Okay. If it's a choice, it's fueled by action. What is the way that I need to love that, that person? And then last, you just may need to spend some time thinking through God's love for you. Because again, we're inundated with love and the idea of it from culture and media. But maybe you need to spend some time in the scripture. So I, I, I encourage you, and I already mentioned this, but go back to that passage in 1 John 4, 7 through 11. And read it this week. If you don't have a Bible, let me know after church and I will get you one. You can also get the scriptures on your phone through the Bible app. But spend some time reading that passage in 1 John 4, 7 through 11. It, it could really help you. You may want to just kind of think about that and meditate. Just chew on it a little bit. You may want to, to memorize that. Don't take my word for it, but dig into the scriptures and find out what it says. So I, I encourage you to take, take one of those steps today. We live in a time and a world and a culture that is longing for love. And we can find it in God. And people can experience it through us. And so this is, this is something that we really need to wrestle with. And I encourage you to do that. Let's pray as the, the band comes up and leads us. Father, thank you for the love that you've given to us. 
And even just a statement like that can seem so understated. But you are love. Love is from you. It does not exist outside of you. And real love is transformative. And so, God, I pray that you will transform us. And in a real way, we'll experience this love that you have for us first and foremost. And then you'll just give us ways where we can extend this love to those around us. People are longing for your love. But they're looking everywhere but you for it. So, God, I pray for the people that we relate to and even our own lives. Help us to point our eyes and direction to you. We ask your help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.